to get those Conan O'Brien jokes on again. Maybe next segment, all right? Conan did something funny on his show last <laughs> night. We'll have to yes, he did. Play for you. If I'm laughing at a late night comedian, trust me, it's amusing. Oh, I got to pay this up just because I mentioned it. Okay. 20, f- 15 times. Amazon says it's hiring 33,000 people to fill corporate and tech roles across the country. This well, is with corporate and tech. This is with a lot of companies. I thought you were going to say drivers and such. The um, I think they've just grown that much. Uh, you know, the airlines, for instance, announced more people they're firing. Part of that is they're really trying to get everybody's attention to try to get some of the. They're trying to influence Congress as they're putting together this bailout package for various people. But the airlines are letting a lot of people go, and uh, but Amazon's hiring and UPS is hiring like crazy because everybody's getting everything shipped all the time. Mm. Huh. I got a job already, but thanks for the tip. You used to be for a, now. <laughs> you used to be a pilot, and now you're stacking boxes in the back of a hot truck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Job's a job. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I have a feeling the slack in the airline industry will be taken up in a big hurry once the vid is settled down. One would assume. Um, you would you would think. Although, how many people were traveling for various meetings? We now realize there's, there's no reason to send Jim to Cleveland for that meeting. At least not four times a year. Send him twice. Because, you know, personal interaction, I think, is is valuable. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Voice of the scent over there. So, uh, am I correct? We have the tape of this woman. Yes. Jessica A. Krug, who's a professor of black history at George Washington University. Uh, you're going to hear her uh, right now. I got a couple of things to say. And when y'all come on and tell me my time stops out of here it's been seven hours not only did i have to listen to these cops and not just the cops but to be honest with y'all city council members you posing like you opposing them for your sound bites for your social media for your re-election campaigns out of here you've been supporting the cops in the pandemic all right so that's your black history black studies teacher at george washington university a successful author and lecturer and an angry campaigner as you can hear well, she made a rather startling admission in a blog post titled The Truth and the Anti-Black Violence of My Lies. To an escalating degree over my adult life, I have eschewed my lived experience as a white Jewish child in suburban Kansas City. Oh, whoop. She's a white girl. <clears throat> she's not black at all. At least, you know, she's probably uh, like everybody 23 and me. She's got some small percentage of we're all mutts. Um, and lived experience is part of the new postmodern the only thing that's true is your lived experience. Right. And her lived experience is as a white Jewish child in suburban Kansas City. Uh, I have lived under various assumed identities with a blackness that I had no right to claim. First, North African blackness. Then U.S.-rooted blackness. And blackness is always capitalized. Then Caribbean-rooted Bronx blackness. I think that's the blackness we just heard. Kind of a tough-talking Caribbean black New Yorker. Does she look black? No. No. No? No, she's she's, uh, got a nice tan. She's got curly hair. She added that claiming identities as her own is the very epitome of violence, of thievery, and appropriation of the myriad ways in which non-black people (laughs) continue to use and abuse black identities and cultures. You know, I don't... So even as she admits to being a crazy person, she's lecturing us. Yeah, no kidding. I don't... I've never bought into the cultural appropriation thing, really. Although, if you pretend to be black to try to get anything, you know, positive that comes with that victim situation. Yeah. Um, that's definitely cultural appropriation. <laughs> it seems like that fits the description. Yeah, yeah. that's the actual definition of it. 
She said in her blog post uh, she has been dealing with mental health issues since childhood when she first assumed a false identity. Wow. The mental health professionals from whom I have been so belatedly seeking help assure me that this is a common response to some of the severe trauma that marked my early childhood and teen years, she said. And if indeed she did undergo such terrible trauma that she had to change identities, uh, I feel bad for her. That's sure. terrible. It's, 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 it's a tragedy. I am not a culture vulture. I am a culture leech. That's Do you have to rhyme, rhyme things? Uh, what, culture vulture. I thought about oh, ending- you're annoying. This might be the most annoying person we've ever come across. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have thought about ending these lies many times over many years, but my cor- cowardice has always been more powerful than my ethics. I know right from wrong. I know history. I know power. I am a coward. She's authored several books on black history. They've won awards. Her areas of expertise include Africa, Latin America, African-American history and imperialism and colonialism, according to George Washington University's uh, website. Various seniors of re- various, I'm sorry, students have reacted rather badly to her disclosure. Uh, well, did she need to be black to write these books, though? I mean, the books could still be true, even if she's pretending to be black. Right. That's that's what's so weird about it. And um, where is it? Uh, I'm as, guessing I would think based on those titles, a lot of those books are complete bull ass. But. Yeah. Yeah. But as I tweeted over the weekend, what struck me was that she's been a respected professor at a prestigious university, a successful author, uh, a successful persuasive speaker, worshipped by her students. A class A crazy person. Well, yeah, that's true enough. So what is racial identity? Is it voluntary? Is it adjustable? How significant of it is it, rather? And and the answer to me is, well, it depends entirely on the person. I mean, there are plenty of, of uh, black people who are aware they're black certainly they've uh, they 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 that's part of their identity they've endured racism perhaps but it doesn't define them you know their husband father wife uh, doctor you know whatever um this gal her whole thing was racial identity and lecturing people, and it was a complete put on you opposing like you opposing them for your sound bites yeah right. And yet it was co- a complete She's from Kansas City? On. She doesn't sound like she's from Kansas City. Well, no, she's adopting, a, you know, an accent and the rest of it. Um, so if she's that good at it and that persuasive and that accepted, what does it mean that she's actually white? Does it matter? Well, it gets down to the incredible, horrible, Nazi-esque racism of demanding to know how much black blood is in her. Does she have black blood? Is she an octoroon? Is she a mulatto? Does she have black blood? Because she doesn't have black blood. Now she's been running out of the run out of the teaching profession. Now she's also been living a lie for a very long time and clearly is mentally ill. But if she's that good at it, well, it's it's what, a, what does it matter what her blood well, is? It's very much like the postmodern question that Andy Warhol was asking about art. If I have a reproduction of that art over there, why is that valuable and this isn't? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're looking at the same thing. It's the same thing. I mean, if you're going to put on the fact that that one was actually created, but what's the difference? Looking at it, it's the same. Right. And that's the same sort of question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's well put. And and uh, don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to say there's there's no significance to being uh, black or Hispanic or white or whatever. Of course there is. But it just, it's funny that somebody was so good at it that she was completely accepted and lauded for her black identity. Yeah. As a Jewish girl from Kansas City. How old is she? 
Oh, gosh. I think she's 40-something. 40, 40 oh, she's got plenty of time to become a Hispanic cowboy or whatever she wants to do. Well, she could become a white supremacist. That'd be a twist. <laughs> a yeah. male white supremacist. I don't have her age, but she's uh, she looks to be a woman in her 40s. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was makeup or she dyed her hair or whatever. If somebody said, yeah, she's actually of African-American descent or something, I'd say, oh, okay. How good are you at guessing a woman's age, do you think? I don't think I'm very good at all. Uh, better than a child? Um, <laughs> I think I can get men pretty well, but women are tough. It's tough. Very tough with women. Yeah. Between the dye-ins of the hair and, and if, if a gal wears uh, any amount of makeup or right. what have yeah, you. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why the hands are so important. That's, you sound like you're at a livestock barn. You got to look at their hooves. The hooves show their real age. So. Pull their lip out. Yeah, look, exactly. Look at their teeth. Pull their mouth open. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm not. Uh, I don't look at women as livestock like you do. <laughs> I don't think that's. that's joke. I don't think that's the situation. I just, punched him right in the ear when he wasn't expecting it. I've been in conversations with women before where I like. You know, to make a cultural reference, but I, I don't know. Are you in your mid thirties or are you fifty? Like, am I? Can I? Can I say something that I would understand, but you're not going? Or, you know, or can I? Can I say? You know, people our age would. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that if you're fifteen years younger than me. Right. But I can't tell if. Yeah. Just, that, that comes up now. Just go with what are you about thirty? Can't lose. <laughs> like David Spade's date does in the wrong Missy. What are you about sixty five? And he says, "What the f." <laughs> I still haven't watched that movie. Oh, God, no. I'm telling you. And everybody has agreed with me. Watch the opening 10 minutes. Just, yes. And it starts immediately. I mean, there's no buildup. There's no credits, song, <laughs> zooming in on that. I mean, it's off to the races from the first second. So. I love that. <laughs> that is a good movie on Netflix. Um, what was the other thing I was going to get to? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got the Conan O'Brien jokes. He did something kind of funny last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. We ought to do that. and. I don't know. We've got oh, lots of people weighing in with the indoctrination their kids are getting at school or in the workplace of the uh, how to be an anti-racist, which is the most racist philosophy which has come along in decades. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a little tired of that, but it's important. Oh, nice business owner wrote us a letter and said, guys, can you please help? They've still got me closed for no good reason. Oh, boy, that'd be frustrating. Yeah, maybe we'll touch on that as well. Okay, all on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And we got to get Celebration back on honoring Cool and the Gang today as one of the founders died. Celebration is a big hit. hear that song. Celebrate good times. Come on. There's a party going on right here. I'm not in the mood. Uh, two texts I wanted to mention. Jack, what was the name of that movie you were just talking about? The Wrong Missy. It's on Netflix. And we got this text. Joe, tonight, you were watching The Wrong Missy tonight. Okay. It's hilarious. Yeah, I remember when I texted about the first time the number of our listeners who had watched it and liked it. It is. Will my wife like it? I would assume so. Okay. What's, what's her take on kind of Adam Sandler comedies in general? Does she? I'll have to ask. Yeah, because it, it's very much in line with that. <laughs> I don't sort know of her stuff. very well, but it's. I don't. <laughs> trying to remember, if there's anything like overtly gross or nothing jumps to mind. No, no, no. It's not like. Um, 
something about Mary where there's a couple of like shock, but there's not shock value things. Okay. It's not shock value humor. All right. But as she sits there stone faced, I can't enjoy it. It's hard to imagine being stone faced through the, through certainly the first part of the movie. Anyway, um, I had one more thing I was going to mention. Did you? Yeah. You've lied before. I have. Oh, yeah, yeah, this one. I just got done reading White Fragility. I took notes while I was reading it, and I have to tell you, I think it's as racist as Mein Kampf. (laughs) It absolutely is. It absolutely is, yeah. This whole anti-racist stuff is the most racist thing we've come up with in the United States since the 1800s. It reduces everyone to their skin color slash ethnicity. And you're not allowed to be unique or an iconoclast or whatever. No, you're a Mexican. By God, you're a Mexican. Like, I'm telling you to be a Mexican. It's worse than that. It's the it's the belief that white people are born bad people. Yes. And there's no changing that. Yeah, it's a religious cult. And you people, somebody just sent us a Kaiser Permanente is doing uh, training sessions on how to be an anti-racist. In which they're uh, they're pitching that stuff. Big corporations all over the the country are doing it. Mentioned earlier earlier a uh, somebody part had... of the training by the way was that you have to put up with the looting and the damaged property because it's kind of deserved. Somebody mentioned that they found out at their high school the teachers book club the teachers are all reading White Fragility so now they're keeping an eye on the school. It teaches you it, it's well it's the belief that white people are inherently bad. So even the whole. You know, content of your character, not the color of your skin. It's not just the color of your skin that separates groups. You're inherently bad because of your particular color. Yes. You know, applying negative traits to a race and saying it's just universal for that skin color. Right. What could be more racist than that? It's original sin. That's Hitler stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. It absolutely is. And that's one of the best-selling books in America, and they're teaching it in your kids' schools. Yep. How in the hell did we come this far off the rails? And and as several people have pointed out, I think Matt Taibbi got to that in his Rolling Stone article. No, is anybody in the media mentioning this? They have it on Good Morning America and, uh, you know, uh, The Daily Show. And they just talk to the author and, well, thanks for coming on. It's the most racist thing since Mein Kampf. Yeah, and it's also illogical. It's self-contradictory. It's horse-ass, in the words of Matt Taibbi. And out of some sort of weird white guilt, you're willing to go along with racism? Exactly. Well, it's because people don't understand that racism doesn't mean racism. It means anything that opposes us. And so when they hear it's an anti-racism training class, they think, oh, good. Well, I don't want to be racist. Cool, I'm down with this. And they sit there wide-eyed and listen to it and probably think... This seems crazy to me, but everybody's nodding their head like they agree, so I'll just go along like the sheep I am. And then they don't recognize that it's absolutely horrible. Well, as Tucker keeps saying, it's a class war disguising itself as a race war. Yeah, it's it's Marxism just with different terms in a lot of ways. And and there, back to the original sin thing, there, but there's no redemption. If you're a white person, the only possible redemption is if you buy every single aspect of the anti-racism thing, which includes tearing down the United States, tearing down the free market, giving up your house, the rest of it. It's Marxism, pure and simple. It's in the book, White Fragility, part of the part of the argument for. We'll have to get to the Conan jokes after the uh, bottom of the hour because we're not setting up humor very well right here. Um, uh, in the book, it talks about, uh, for instance, Elizabeth Warren's health care plan because... Uh, black and brown people have worse health outcomes than universal health care. It's believed would fix that. I'm not sure that's true. Um, then if you're against Elizabeth Warren's universal health plan, you are a racist. Correct. That's a, a for instance right yeah. there. That reminds me of a different thing. And I don't want to quote the person, but uh, 
talking about how they went to get their hair cut in a certain neighborhood that's primarily Hispanic. And uh, the place was open, and, and everybody working in there, there were no masks. So there were a whole bunch of people cutting hair in there, and everybody that was in there w- was not wearing masks. And so when you hear this stuff about there are worse, uh, you know, there are more COVID cases and deaths among uh, Hispanics, for instance, than white people, it's always presented that, well, clearly there's some racism going on here. There's Clearly-ly, something yeah. racist Systemic in our healthcare racism. system. And not enough paid attention to, is there anything cultural? I don't know the answer to this, by the way, but are Hispanic people less likely to wear masks than other people are? I don't Mm. know the answer to that, but if that's true, that could be a reason. It doesn't have to be racism among the hospitals. And remember, the empty-headed Gavin Mussolini, governor of California, said counties, in order to be released from the the list, have to show... Uh, improvement in health care equity. Because he's making the assumption that something racist is happening. Yeah. Well, it's a whole disparate impact thing. There's no... All all correlation is causation. That's one of the great inco- or, uh, idiocies of the whole white fragility thing and, and the uh, anti-racism thing. All correlation is causation. If If black people are worse at golf, that's because of racism. If they have more high blood pressure, it's because of racism. There is no simple correlation. It's ridiculous. Good review, Danielle. White fragility is as racist as Mein Kampf. Yep. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This week, Grey's Anatomy will begin filming its 17th season. Yeah, the big change is that now Grey's Anatomy is named after the cast hair color. Conan's really on a roll now, singing targets left and right. Going after Hollywood, he's fighting the good fight. (laughs) So what's going on there, Sean? So uh, Conan last night, uh, (laughs) in lieu of a laugh track or, or, you know, a lot of the late night shows, they're just micing up their staff and essentially hear the chuckles (laughs) in the background. He, he decided to hire some sort of 80s-style jingle singer, and he accentuated every joke at his monologue with one of those little musical stings. Would you, would you like to hear another one? Of course and we how? Would. It's come out that Melania Trump used her own private email to conduct official business. Isn't that shocking? Melania Trump has official business. Set a punch means devastation. Conan set the world on fire. Human pathos and insight. There's no one from higher. There's no art form higher. (laughs) And one more. In a recent speech, the Pope urged people to live a simpler, more austere life. Yeah. Then he took off his diamond-studded hat, went back into his palace. Conan joked about the Pope. I don't know if that's okay. But I'll sing most anything as long as they pay. That's a pretty good joke there at the end, um, or just the commentary. That That is interesting. About the Pope? or The, the Pope, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just interesting, because I, I was, for some reason, thinking about this in the shower last night. I am definitely going more austere with my life. Be, and, and, you know, just, I don't get much enjoyment from stuff and things. Um, uh, what are you trying to do to the economy there, But St. Francis of Assisi? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, but the Pope. Sing, sing me a song. <laughs> Joe singing insults at Jack. Some are funny, some are not. <laughs> but 
the, if you've ever been to the Vatican, it's 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 quite striking. Um, it's in, oh, go ahead. Sorry. In the idea of the Pope preaching that and then walking back into that building. Yeah. Well, in the communist Pope's defense, he does live a much more austere life than past popes, and True he's that. made a big thing yeah. of that, which which is really admirable. I, he I, got rid of the the Mercedes limo thing that the old Pope oh, really? rode out in, and, and he, yeah, he lives in a crappy little apartment. Yeah, and he doesn't wear the relatable. The, the last <laughs> the last Pope had special Gucci shoes made and various things, and just yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah, this Pope wears horseshoes, very modest. Clip clop, clip clop. Pope's coming. Shh. <laughs> Hide your sinning. Uh, uh, on the other hand, he's a communist, and uh, and and not a good thing at all. But you know, th- people have good and bad in them. I mm. admire his uh, his austerity thing. So here comes the Pope, <laughs> Holy Father. You're looking good today. Uh, Walmart is testing drones for delivering your packages. Amazon's done this, and now Walmart is. I, I still do not understand how this would ever work in reality. This, this is silly. No, this is great. I order a toothbrush, and hey, guess what? Now I have a brand new drone. <laughs> <laughs> and or your neighbor. Loot it back, Sean. Loot it back. <laughs> your neighbor has a new head wound. Exactly. <laughs> when the drone crashed into the Amazon drone and fell on their head. I just don't see how this actually works in practice. You know what? <sighs> I suppose I could see it within a, a fairly narrow geographical area, but I would think the porch pirates would just sit there watching for drones, follow them, steal a box, and go. They don't have to look on porches anymore. They they get kind of an aerial warning system. Um, people are actually having neck pain from uh, all the uh, online stuff, sitting at desks and looking at a computer screen. Hmm. I can believe that because my kids have talked about that. Being hunched over the, the things yeah. way more than they used to. I, uh, as someone who spends a lot of time because video games are essentially my hobby, I, I, I make concerted efforts of repositioning. St- I even take like little stretch breaks where I just Good idea. stretch my yeah. my back out a little bit, just because a combination of tall and not necessarily a healthy position to be in for an extended period of time. That's a, that's a real thing. We've been trying to old school get my uh, son to sit up straight more because it is you, you know your muscles and everything your your skeleton and your muscles and everything like that. If you sit up straight all the time, it becomes easy. It yeah. becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. It's just you know it's the way you and your shoulders s- back, chest out, it's sucking your gut. So much better for you than to be slunched over. And it's so easy for me to just have the shoulders roll forward a little bit, and then everything just kind of crumples on top of that. And then before right. you know it, I'm just... And then you start talking like this. <laughs> yeah, my preciouses. Yeah, wow. I'll do that. You and then I had one that. other thing. Oh, this is a good one right here. Graph in USA Today. Americans want more help from the government. Two-thirds of adults say the government isn't doing enough to help people's financial situations. Oh, more at the, money. At this moment, okay. See, uh, and of course, when you're saying this, it means you want other taxpayers to give you more of what they earned. I mean, that is or technically what, or what, what is we're happening. borrowing from the kids and grandkids. Fire up the money machine. Let's print some more. Come on, come uh, on. I know you got more. Overall, it's two thirds. Some of that Obama money. I remember that clip. But you break it down by party, and um, you know it's interesting to me. Now they always break it down, Democrats, Republicans, and Independents. They didn't used to do that. The reason they do that now is there's so many people that call themselves Independents. You know, the, the, the people that call themselves Republicans and Democrats have shrunk down so much, it doesn't represent that much of the country, so you got to mm-hmm. throw in that Independent. But it seems to me, I'll have to pay more attention to this, this almost every time I look at one of these graphs, the Independence number is way closer to the Democrat number than to the Republican number, hmm. which is surprising to me because I had assumed 
that there are more people that call themselves republic that actually are Republicans that started calling themselves independents. But would it seem to be the other way around from looking at these graphs? Mm. Anyway, um, uh, you break it down by the groups. People who want more financial help from the government, 41% of Republicans, 71% of independents, 82% of Democrats. Mm. Eight, four out of five Democrats want more money from the government. We're only half that for Republicans. That's a pretty different worldview right there. Yeah, People I s- talk about the differences. That's a pretty different worldview. I'm one of the last remaining fiscal conservatives. There are more white rhinos than there are us, but um, I would like to see a continuation of programs to keep small businesses afloat because it was not the COVID that ruined them. It was the shutdown to some extent. Although the point has been made, and I think it's worth repeating, that people will self-police to avoid getting the vid, which will hurt a bunch of businesses. I mean, people are not just not flying because of regulations and stuff, because you can fly anywhere you want. I have several times. They're not flying because they don't feel safe. So, yeah, some businesses would suffer even without the government shutdown, but I'd like to see a way to keep some sort of cascading uh, economic disaster from befalling us because of the vid. I heard something really good on a podcast yesterday about fiscal conservatives and the, the how they're unicorns. Anyway, the, the the long and short of the conversation was uh, that the fiscal conservative part of conservatism and the Republican Party, we were way oversold for decades on how important that was, apparently. In terms of the people that were running on those platforms? Yeah. Or in terms of recruiting voters or what? Just, it's significant um, re- just, at just, all. Just reality. Yeah. The reality among the Republican Party in Washington, D.C., we were we were being sold a story that fiscal conservatism is part of one of the core beliefs right. of the Republican Party, and we are way, way oversold on that. And it was just really a handful. Of- Rather than it being like, you know, half of the importance. Because when I think Republican, or at least I grew up thinking Republican, fiscal conservative is a, the first thing on my lips. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right at the very, very top of it. Turns out that's not the case at all. It hasn't been for a very long time. Wow. And whether by accident or on purpose or... Because I wasn't lying to anybody. I mean, I <laughs> on purpose, I thought that was the case. So You're did a duped. lot of people. Yeah. And where, where that came from, or if it just took that long to catch on that it's changed, it's more like, you know, 10% of the party or 5% of the party, if even that, Oof. than half the party. So what is the party? Excellent question. Nobody knows that. Nobody well, knows what that like is. The really. Democratic Party is just a coalition of various, uh, you know, special interest groups or grievance groups or whatever. I don't. Yeah, you'd like to think you're voting for something significant, but I don't know. Some days I don't think so much. Jack, do you know what a paraprosdokian is? You have no control over your legs or arms. No, 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 indeed. It's a good guess, I guess. Very different from that. Um, uh, Leon uh, sent us an email about it. It is very funny. I have no idea why he sent it, but okay. I will. Uh, I'll pass that on next. They're the last drop of year. What? Huh? One of the founders of Cool and the Gang has passed. Was it Cool or the Gang that uh, went to get the great uh, disco in the sky? 
<laughs> well, he, he died in uh, prison thanks to the RICO statutes. Gang activity. Is Cool still with us, or? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Don't care to look. I was a DJ at a bar and played that song a lot. And <laughs> people would run onto the dance floor. Yes! It's a crowd pleaser. Oh, absolutely. Well, the girls would run on dragging their man behind yes. them. Yes. Oh, oh, good lord. Okay. As it goes. <laughs> As it goes. Jack, what's a Paris Presdokian? I actually don't know. They're I don't know if I'm pronouncing like that. Like a Springer Spaniel, but taller. <laughs> Longer-legged. That's right. It's actually a figure of speech in which the latter part of a sentence or phrase is surprising or unexpected in a way that causes the reader or listener to reframe or reinterpret the first part. Ooh. Some paraprosdokians not only amend the meaning of a phrase, but also play on the double meaning of a particular word, creating a form of solepsis. But enough description. On to the paraprosdokians. I'm great at multi... Well, I, didn't, I, I like this one better. I haven't slept for ten days, because that would be too long. <laughs> no, a classic. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that one before. Yeah. Uh, is it always a joke? Or uh... Uh, it's it's well it's um it's supposed to amuse you or surprise a play on words, which the second half causes the re- listener to reframe or reinterpret the first part. Here's another one. Um, would would uh, a guy told me I haven't had a bite in days, so I bit him. Would that yes. be one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Uh, change is inevitable, except from a vending machine. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Here's a serious one. War does not determine who is right, only who is left. Oof. Oh. I sleep eight hours a day and at least ten at night. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, you have different fingers. <laughs> I love that. That's a good one. I wonder what's the most hours I've ever slept in a day when I wasn't sick. Uh, does hungover count? Mm, You've sickened yourself. I think that's you're sick. Yeah, yeah. A fly was very close to being named a land because that's what it does half the time. Yep. Um, Flies have been way worse for us because of the smoke. Has anybody else noticed that? The fly situation is crazy. Are they getting smoked out of where they normally would be or something? They're looking for air, so they're trying to get in your house. Oh, Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's because they were harassing me the other day. I was trying to get get a little exercise. um, Let's see. Uh, Where there's a will, I want to be in it. Um, I thought I wanted a career. Turns out I just wanted paychecks. That is good. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I always take life with a grain of salt, plus a slice of lime and a shot of tequila. <laughs> it helps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, any other disease? The least bit amusing. Um, have you thought? No. Have you thought that through, Sean? What's the most number of hours you've slept in a day when you weren't sick? It's got to be under. It's under 12 for sure. Oh, really? You've never slept more than 12 hours? I think 10 well, or 11. I'm not sure I have. No, I have. I definitely have. Had. Well, I don't know. Really? I think 10 or 11, like with just, without being overly drunk and, and yeah. yeah. I'm I, thinking I, back to my single childless years. You get a weekend. I'd certainly get like nine hours of sleep and then take a couple hour nap in the oh, afternoon. But was, that still only gets you to 11. I was thinking continuous. So, yeah, yeah, I could have done like a 10 hour sleep with like a, a an hour nap later, something like that. Yeah, but it'd still be hard to get up past 11. Hmm. Wake I, up. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> Thank you. If I had a dollar for every girl who found me unattractive, they'd eventually find me very attractive. That's because <laughs> that women good. are money grubbing phonies. 
Phonies. <laughs> I kid. <laughs> Actually, here you go, ladies. Here's your revenge. Women spend, and, and it's solid, too, because it's true. Women spend more time wondering what men are thinking than men spend thinking. Mm. Spend more time? Did I screw that up? I may have. Listen. <laughs> Watch me. That's Watch me. Do we have the Biden coughing montage that we put together? This is an unfair clip. He didn't actually sound like this to well, us, listen, David. Well, we can play the fair clip, too. In which he comes off as a doddering old man. Which one do you want first? Either one. Let's let's go fair first, then unfair. Do you have those? The show? fair one is actually what he said. It just yeah, uh, forty eight, please. A lot of folks were already to count Detroit out. Oh, I'm sorry, that's wrong. This this one. And what makes his wild claims and hopes? He now hopes we don't notice what he said or won't remember. And when he does follow through. Or doesn't do when follow through the exact opposite. Hmm. That was like some boat knot just doubling back around and going through and then cinching it up. A boat knot. That's pretty good. What now? All right. Now now is uh, the unfair one. (laughs) I'm not just talking about what I'm going to do, but delivering. That's why my Build Back Better agenda. That's what it's all about. It starts right here with you. And today... I'm announcing some additional steps to make this plank even stronger. Invest in our communities and the workers in places like Warren. That's what this is about. The crowd is wild. We're going to hear a lot more about this. (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's edited. And a lot of that's clearing his throat. It's not coughing, per se. Okay. Sounds like the vid to me. You've diagnosed him. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo presses the buttons in the control room, keeps us on the air. Michael, final thought. Yeah, I'm hoping to hear from the NFL in the next few hours as to whether I got the written permission from the NFL <laughs> so I can redistribute the game tonight to my friends. <laughs> In the meantime, I'll get some cheese and a small picket fence and the letter D. Waiting <laughs> waiting for your written permission. Uh, positive, Sean. A final thought you'd like to share? Yeah, stumbled across this story uh, late in the show. Several fish can secretly walk on land, the study suggests. Hey, 2020, you need to chill out, okay? <laughs> wow. We can't deal with this right now. We oh. can't have fish walking on land on top of everything else. Well, and our species has been pulling them into outer space by their face for, you know, thousands of years, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what fishing is. You yank it in outer space by its face. <laughs> Uh, Jack, you're the co-host. Do you have a final thought for us? My son and his best friend haven't seen each other for a while because of Zoom classes and everything like that. And uh, his friend's mom texted me this morning that he was really down last night. We need to get them together this weekend. What we're doing to kids and people all across the country with this lifestyle Mm. is not getting enough attention. It's got to be, Wade. Got to be. Uh, Speaking of bad feelings, this is normally my favorite weekend of the the year. I'm supposed to be off today playing in a three-day mountain golf tournament I've played in many times, but my elbow's all messed up, so I can't swing. So I am full of self-pity, and I've decided to... I've decided to take care of my self-pity by doing something for someone else. 
I'm going to engage in an act of charity or generosity. Does that work? It totally works. It's the best thing you can do. Well, let us know if it works. I, I will let you know. Yeah, mm. I, I'm sure it will. Well, you might come back tomorrow and say, didn't work. I'll never do that again. Of course, if I do that to lift my own spirits, that's actually selfishness, which makes me a bad person, which makes me even more depressed. <laughs> A vicious cycle. Now, that's how selfishness works to your advantage, isn't it? Doing things for other people is the selfish way to make yourself feel better. And it actually works. Well, I guess win-win. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people think so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Man, do we have some great clicks for you. That video about real-life uh, timing and somebody pulling a gun. Uh, what is gaslighting? We posted that article. It's under hot links. You'll find it. All the podcasts. Download them. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say what that. I've you? sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Raising their prices on prescription drugs that union families and working people have to rely on. Armstrong and Getty.